If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, I'm Megan Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. Well, Eric, I haven't seen you since before Thanksgiving, and I know you were going to move. I was going to move, and um, didn't happen. Uh, why? <laughs> so it is still happening. Danny and I are moving to Brooklyn from Astoria, Queens. We have this really great apartment we found through some of our friends. Only problem is it's been under complete renovation, which is fantastic, because by the time we move in, it's going to be brand new, new appliances, the whole thing. But as we know with renovations... They always take a little bit longer than they should. So right before Thanksgiving, I went to check it out, was going to move in a few things, full construction zone still, Mm. which is totally fine. We are lucky enough that we can stay in our place in Queens a little bit longer. Uh, We have a little bit more time to pack, which it was going to be definitely a Thanksgiving rush and just trying to get everything into boxes and move it really quickly. But now we have a little bit more time. So by the time this episode comes out, we should be in our new place in Bed-Stuy. Oh, great. We'll have a housewarming. We have a backyard. We'll have a housewarming in the spring. Okay. Come on over. Yeah, I will. Everybody's invited. <laughs> All the <laughs> listeners. Um, this is not related in the least, but good news, the Real Housewives of Miami trailer dropped this week. It is streaming on Peacock starting December 16th. I've heard there may be more than one episode available on the 16th. What? Because we all love to binge. Yes. We need to binge. We need it. And other exciting news, especially for Kyle Richards, her daughter, Farah, just got engaged to her longtime boyfriend, Alex Manos. <gasps> Congratulations, Farah. We know Kyle was praying for this engagement. It's true. I think she's been talking about it for a while. For a while. <laughs> Well, the virtual Bravo Bazaar is live, so shop for your friends and family this holiday season. It's at bazaar.bravotv.com. So the virtual Bravo Bazaar gives Bravoholics everywhere an interactive shopping experience where you can shop your favorite Bravo Liberty brands all in one place. This is a new way to shop your favorite shows from The Real Housewives, Below Deck, Southern Charm, Summer House, Family Karma, and more. We're talking Bravo Lebs like Candy Burris, Wendy Acefo, gotta get those candles. Meredith Marks, Jill Zarin, Kyle and Amanda's lover boy, and more. Visit bizarre.bravotv.com and start strolling through the virtual Bravo sphere on your mobile or desktop device. It is the perfect destination for any Bravoholics gift giving needs this holiday season, and that's bizarre, B A Z A A R.bravotv.com. What are we talking about today? Well, I think we have a lot to catch up on. Right. Real Housewives of Potomac, part four of the reunion. Yes. Nicki Minaj. Yep. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Porsche's Family Matters premiered this week. Uh Uh-huh. I have a lot of feelings. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was dark on Sunday, but we need to talk about episode 11. Right, right, right. And of course, last but not least, Real Housewives of Orange County season 16 premiered this week. Oh. Heather Dubrow is back. We got to get into it. (laughs) Plus, we have an interview with Shannon Storms Bedore. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Orange County? Yeah. 
Well, I love that Bravo knows what the fans need. <laughs> and true. they're like, you guys waited long enough for all the time that Heather Dubrow was on the show and you never got to see that goddamn house. So here it is oh my God. at the very beginning, which I thought was great, right? Like, that's what we wanted. Well, we also got a great reintroduction to her family. I know. Well, I mean, okay, this is the thing that I've noticed. I don't feel like females change that much it through puberty but but the guys really do her son looks so different yeah i mean he is like a full little man now yes the girls haven't changed much even in the flashbacks right like they, they were just smaller look, they look like taller versions you know of themselves which is good because they're cute it's true and there's also a lot of twins i realized on this cast alone Right. Heather yeah. has the twins. Shannon has Shannon has twins. Yep. Oh, and and Emily has twins. Emily has twins. Wow. We, even across the housewives, we do have a, a lot, lot of twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Something in the water. <laughs> Speaking of Emily, can we talk about her interview look? Yeah. She looks so good. I find Emily to be so beautiful. Yeah. She just she just is. Even before the lower facelift, all of the things she's had done since we first met yeah, her. Yeah, because I've been binging old episodes, like uh, because they've been on Bravo. They've been airing on Bravo, so I've been binging them. And yeah, from her first season, she looked great. She has really good taste. Yes. Too. I think her sense of style it maybe goes unnoticed sometimes, but I think she really does pull together a cohesive look. Right. Especially for her interviews. Well, it's funny because I see your note. And I think we had the same thought. Last week's episode, we included this, you know, presented without commentary clip from an upcoming episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Right. And in it, you hear someone who, you know, let's let's be honest, it was Emily. Um, It definitely sounded like her. Talking about someone and saying it's her mini-me. Yes, who do you think it is? I think it's Nicole. You think they look alike? I don't know if I didn't have the context of that audio clip, if I would think so. But as soon as she appeared in the scene with Heather where they went hiking, at first glance, I was like, oh, I could see Emily. Right. In her. I, I don't think if I had that, I, I would think the same thing. But I was using my context clues. Interesting. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about the new wives because we meet Dr. Jen and we meet Noella. And I have to say, Dr. Jen, I didn't really feel anything in this first episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to get to know her more. But Noella, I feel like, makes a very powerful entrance. Yes. Just, very strong. Right. Um, She's also so tall. And beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. Dr. Jen's an interesting one. I suspect she does not dress that way every day, but it was her first day of filming. Right. So she was like, let me show up. Yeah, who's going to show up to filming in, like, scrubs? Right, exactly. I mean, the Married to Medicine cast might. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They do often. So I was like, you know what? She knew cameras were coming, and she wanted to give us a look, and I appreciate that. Right. Yeah, you don't want a housewife that half-asses it. I think I'm more interested in her husband and the fact that he doesn't wear a shirt and he carries around Mr. Puppers all day long. What are what the is dog? That? Oh, <laughs> you're like, who is that? I, I thought you were saying like Mr. Poppers, and I was like, is it a brand of Poppers? I was really. <laughs> is this a gay thing? <laughs> no, Mr. Puppers is the most adorable little Chihuahua, and he is just this large shirtless man. Who walks around carrying the dog. I mean, I'm into it. Mr. Puffers is a very... Puppers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Puppers. Yeah, like a puppy. <laughs> I thought it was Puffers. It can be to you. <laughs> <laughs> My question for you. Going into this season, Shannon, do you think that she felt like she had no choice but to try to align herself off the bat with Gina and Emily? Right? She kind of keeps picking 
the wrong horse in terms of friends because, you know, she was really close to Vicky and Tamara. They left the show. Then she tried to, you know, make things right with Kelly. Kelly left the show. So now, you know, yikes. And and we know that she and Heather have history that's not necessarily great. Right. So, yeah, she has to make an effort now. Well, despite all of that, it seems like this alliance that she's trying to establish might not last even into episode two. I know. <laughs> I mean, ugh. yeah. We got to give it to her. She wasted no time getting the storyline going this season. It reminded me of Real Housewives of New Jersey last season. Teresa, very first party, starts going around being like, why am I hearing all this stuff about him at the gym? You know, she just, cameras started rolling and it was go time. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Tell us what secret Shannon shared about Nicole. Okay, I'll spill the tea. I'm gonna spill the tea, it's piping hot. Just last night, Shannon told Emily and I that she had this secret about Nicole, that Nicole sued Terry Dubrow. Well, I will say it was a bold choice on Shannon's part, who has just sort of started this friendship with Gina and Emily. I mean, not that she's been on terrible terms with them recently. Yeah. But it's kind of bold to like to go off camera with a secret and to tell them and or to tell Gina is this characteristic of what Shannon does, because I don't know if you've seen, but Tamara has been going off on social media, basically saying it's starting to show exactly what you do and how you treat people and set them up, essentially. Ooh, very. Lisa Barlow. Right. Well, luckily we have an interview with Shannon coming up in this episode, so maybe I'll ask her about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, going back to Noella for a second. I first knew of Noella through Bronwyn. They were really close friends. Bronwyn was posting about her on Instagram all the time. I think at a certain point there were rumors circulating that they might have been romantically involved because obviously we know Noella is openly bisexual. We've seen it in the, in the trailer. Bronwyn is, you know, out and proud lesbian. What I want to know is what happened with the fallout. Right. Because we got that shady little edit, the flashback pic of her and Bronwyn. Noella spilled the tea. Right. I'm the best friend that you could ever have. I am a bad bitch to the freaking end, but I also have some bodies buried of ex friends. Yeah, no, I'm interested in that. And also just because, is it possible that even the Housewives casting had something to do with it? Because if Noella knew Bronwyn, Bronwyn might have suggested Noella. Yeah. But then when Bronwyn left the show, maybe wasn't so happy that Noella was on it. It's true. I definitely expected Noella to appear at some point last season while Bronwyn was still there. But... She never showed up. Right. But here she is now. I'm really excited about this season. I have a really good feeling about it. Yeah. The way that this ended with a to be continued, always love a to be continued. Yeah. But I think we're getting some strong moments right up front this season. All right, guys, we are here with Shannon Storms Bedore, Real Housewives of Orange County. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. It's so good to see you. I'm so glad we are able to actually, you know, we're not together in person, but I have eyes on you and I haven't had eyes on so many housewives through this experience. So it's lovely to see you. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Um, Well, first I want to go back a little bit because I was so heartbroken for you when Archie went missing. And I know that I speak for all Bravo fans when I say we are so glad he is okay. I mean, what happened? Now, he got he got outside on Halloween night and I thought he was upstairs and I shut the front door and thinking he was asleep. And when I realized he wasn't, we went searching for hours and it was so sweet. Even the policemen came, a police came to help look for him as well. But um, I, when I went on Instagram, just hysterical, and it was just like a zombie because I was I had been up all night. 
um, a, a fan uh, saw uh, the, the Instagram and then they went on some website that I don't know about for my community and someone said I found a dog. So she helped <gasps> me get it back. Oh my God. See, that's- Someone took him in. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's wonderful. And, you know, sometimes social media really does come through. Right, yes. <laughs> sometimes. Extremely helpful. <laughs> well, we're so glad he's okay. I know that fans love him. He's probably one of the most beloved Bravo Lab pets, right? He's so, he's so sweet. Such a sweetheart. Um, okay, well, let's get into season 16. Obviously, we have some new faces this season, some old faces. Let's start with some of the old Um were you nervous to reconnect with Heather? No, not at all. Um, you know, we did, uh, when I first started the show uh, in season nine, we did have a very rocky start. But as the seasons progressed, we got along and we had a lot of fun together. So I was very excited for her to come back. And I think this comes up in the episode, but who reached out to first? Well, there were rumors that she was coming back. So I did text her and say, are, are, are you coming back? You know, she was very sweet. I started a company and I have supplements that are I'm selling right now. And so when she heard about that, she reached out to me to congratulate me. So, you know, there was little tidbits of communication here and there. Right. And then it was like, all right, camera's up. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get very emotional, actually, getting a tour of her home, which, by the way, I'm so glad we got to finally see inside that place as I'm sure you were but as you were walking through what was going through your mind well you know it just hit me at one point towards the end of the tour and like it was it was hours you know to go through her house in in such detail but as we were kind of finalizing it there were certain things there's certain um amenities that homes like that have and it just kind of triggered with me oh I used to have those things as well and so it just I put so much time and effort into building um, my home that was in, is in the, was in the same community. And um, it took on like a fourth child for me. It was, I called the home the fourth child. So it was a lot of time and effort and work. And so it just it just brought up a lot of memories, good and bad. And, and but I'll tell you, I would not trade any of it today for the life I have right now. So it's a house, right? Exactly. Well, what is it like to relive those moments from your past when they show flashbacks during an episode? I mean, as far as in my marriage, like it doesn't, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, we've been water under the bridge. Yeah. It's been years yeah. since we're, I mean, we've moved on with our lives. Both of us have, so it doesn't really bring up. So I mean, it's fun for me to see some of the flashbacks with the kids, especially because you see how little they were. <laughs> Right. No, of course. I mean, my co-host and I were talking about it when at the beginning of the episode, we catch up with Heather's family and we see how all the kids have grown right. so much. And you're just like, oh, my God, you forget how little they once were. Uh, well, some other familiar faces are back this season, Gina and Emily. Uh, going in, did you feel like you were in a good place with each of them? I did. Um, I uh, did a project with Gina over the summer in New York. So we spent some time together and I feel like we connected then, and and it was nice to um, to spend some time with both of them. I mean, we've known each other for four years now, and you know, it was my hope that we had kind of turned a corner and we could be good friends. Well, the way this first episode ends, it seems like that could change. So, is there something that might happen that you want to tease in the next episode? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's. You know, I, I, I said something to the girls um, that was perplexing me. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I mean, it, it, I, I didn't intend for the things that are on the show to get out there as much as uh, certain cast members think that was my intention. It wasn't at all because I would never want to hurt anybody. So it, that's part's a little bit tough. You know, I just feel like when you... I said something in confidence, didn't thinking, not thinking that it was even a possibility of being the truth, and it is. And so it just, it, you know, it's like you can't script this stuff. Right, right. Well, okay, so when it comes to some of the new faces this season, I think we're talking a little bit about Nicole. So can you talk about what your friendship was like back in the day with her? So she, we both had daughters in a preschool class, and I was room mom. So I, I spent time with her just for like a brief moment. Um, the kids signed up for a class, some sort of class together. She came over for a barbecue. 
it's here at the birthday parties, but I was, we were just breaking ground on the Crystal Cove house at the time and I had one year old twin, so I was super busy. And so then we just kind of lost track of each other. Now we find out that she- I knew her for like a blip. Yeah, right, a blip, but you were close during that small amount of time. Well, we find out that she once dated Kid Rock. So my question for you, if you could have dated any rock star when you were single, who would it be? Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. Okay. I could have guessed that. <laughs> he's a he's a good he's a, I've met him and he's just he's a really good guy. He's a good heart. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we also meet two new housewives this season, Noella and Dr. Jen. So can you talk about your first impressions of them? Well, Noella, you know, I have a kind of a, a history or a pattern of not getting along with new girls on the show, but um, this year I do, which is nice. Um, Noella has been uh, very supportive of me this season, and I think she's a really good addition to the show. Um, Jen, it took me a while to get to know her because I didn't spend a lot of time with her, but she comes comes in a-blazing. She's a little ballsy. <laughs> now, what I want to know is there was some fallout between Noella and Bronwyn that they tease in this episode. Do you have any idea what that was related to? I don't. I think that, you know, I think that, I think Dr. Jen and Noella were both friends with Bronwyn. And I think it was hard for Bronwyn uh, when they came to the show and then she didn't. I think that must've been hard. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm hoping we get a little more clarity around that because Noella was like a little shady in her interview. So I'm hoping we, we learn a little bit more. Um, well, let's switch gears and just talk about Shannon for a little bit. Okay. Uh, how are things with John? They're good. So we are we are right at the two and a half year mark. <gasps> oh my together. god! Wow. Yeah. So it's been a long time. It's just, yeah. It's just it's been a long time. So it, things are great. I mean, in pandemic time, that's like four years. So like, right? We're <laughs> <laughs> together twenty four seven. Sophie's in her sophomore year now. Is that right? is she's a sophomore in college and the twins are juniors so they're taking their SATs and ECTs and thinking about where they're going to college so oh my god well we do see a conversation between you and the daughters and you know at some point you may have this like empty nest situation so what is it like trying to prepare for that you know I think I'm going to be okay I think it's so much fun I just went to Texas to John and I went two weeks ago to visit Sophie and I just had a ball so I think I'm going to have a really good time traveling around, popping in, just check on them quite often. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Because even when I went away to college, I remember my mom was like, so upset. I'm an only child. But as soon as she realized she had a new place to go vacation and new experience to, experiences to be had, she was thrilled about it. Right, right. Like, I can't wait to see what my kids do with their lives. I can't wait to see them spread their wings. Right, right. Of course. Um, what about your plans for the holidays? Have you started decorating the house yet? What's going on? Well, Christmas is my holiday. So yes, we have started. Um, the kids, they're not as much into it anymore as, as I right. am. But they have promised me that we will be getting a tree this, or we've got a couple trees that we'll get the trees this week. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, everyone goes through that phase, I think at a certain age where they're like, eh, holidays, we don't get toys anymore. It's a little different. But then I think as you get older, you appreciate those holidays a little bit more. Right. Well, they I, they still love the gifts. <laughs> right. Let's not get confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is Shannon Storms Bedore asking for this holiday season? You know, I, I don't really like to ask. I don't really need anything, and I don't like to ask things. I love to give gifts, but I'm, it's kind of hard for me to receive them. I don't know. Right. Okay. All right. I'm happy with, I'm happy with whatever. Right. Well, if, you know, John needs any ideas... He can't be asking us because we didn't get any. <laughs> uh, well, before I let you go, I wanted to know if you've watched any of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip on Peacock. Oh, yes, I have. Oh, my God. So what do you think? I think it's really good. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Super, it's super fun. Well, there's a lot of the like breaking the fourth wall, which a lot of fans are really yeah. responding to. So what was your thoughts as you were watching some of those really transparent conversations happening on the show. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is something that, that we go through. And, and I, mean, I didn't know what the fourth wall was when I started, but it's, you know, it, it, it makes it difficult sometimes because we can't talk about certain things. We, we can't say we're on a show or we can't, 
show the cameras or talk about what happens off camera, that, that sort of thing. So it is nice and fun and I completely relate to some of the things that they're talking about because we've all been through it. Right, right, exactly. I think it's it's really interesting just to hear each of them talk about things that we've seen on the show and maybe how different it was when cameras weren't rolling for them to go through these experiences. Right, um, right. I, I think a fun part of the show is like at the late night, it says like housewives after dark and you see them yep. still up and it, every time they do that, I'm like, I'd, I'd still be up. That would be Shannon. Yep. <laughs> I'm always the last one to go to bed. <laughs> uh, if you could go on vacation with a group of housewives from other shows, who would you pick? Like individual people? Yeah. Well, Sonia Morgan, she's a kick in the pants. And I, <laughs> I spent some time with Luann um, over the summer. I really like her too. Um, I, I mean, a lot of the people that are on the show, actually. I love Dorit and Kyle, and I think Lisa Renner would be a kick in the pants too. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I, all any of them, really. Yeah, more Beverly Hills representation. I feel I kind of felt bad for Kyle at the beginning because she was the only one from her franchise, but she settles in pretty easily. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. This has been so great to catch up. And you know what? Maybe at some point this season, we'll bring you back on because I know there's going to be a lot more for us to talk about. Okay, perfect. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Happy holidays. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, should we do Salt Lake City? Yes. A catch-up on what we missed in episode 11. Right. So sort of the the continuation of this talk about Jen and who knows what about her. Mm-hmm. What I found really interesting about this conversation, and it's it's made me question a lot of people in my life about this, because Jenny sort of brought up, which I, I thought was interesting, Jenny, who doesn't really have a dog in this fight. Yeah. You know, she's not close to Jen. And she kind of was saying to the other women, this is your friend, and you can't just turn your back on her because she now is going through a hard time. Like, what are you going to say you can't be around her anymore? Jenny's like, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable saying that. Yeah. I really like Jen when we first met. I feel like I connect with Jen because we are minority and I understand she's been misunderstood a lot. And I, I feel appreciated like, that about and, Jen and too. And I feel like, yes, it's a lot today, but we can't just say, oh yeah, now she's getting arrested. We're just going to leave her to the sideline. What am I going to do when she comes around? What would you guys do when she comes around? The situation is just making me very uncomfortable. Jen is not here, and they're bashing her without fact. Maybe I should watch my back. And that's interesting you bring it up because Jenny also has that same perspective when it comes to Mary, and she talks about it in the after show. She's a little bit like, well, all this stuff that comes out at the end via Lisa Barlow, it's like, how long have you been sitting on this information that now suddenly it's coming out? You know, I don't understand why these little betrayals are happening, essentially. But but where do you stand on this? Because I think it's an interesting 
question that I can honestly see both sides of. If you have a good friend who is arrested for alleged crimes, even if you personally believe, oh, they definitely did whatever, do you still have a duty as their friend to stick by them? I don't know if it's a duty or a responsibility. I think it comes down to the person and what their morals are. And it's interesting to hear Heather talk about it because from where Heather's coming, previously under her Mormon beliefs, it would have been shun the sinner, we must back away. And she is trying so hard to remove that mentality that she's almost going completely in the other direction, being like, I'm going to stand by Jen because that's what friends do, which I love that conviction. I appreciate that from her. But I also really see where Meredith is coming from in that, of course, this is all alleged, but it seems like a lot of these women had suspicions along the way. So for Meredith, she's like, if this is true, what Jen might have done to these people, I have to back away. And I don't want to be a part of her life anymore. Yeah. For Meredith, she's been put through too much else with Jen. With these text messages that come up, everything that happened with Brooks, all sorts of things. Okay, I was confused by the text message thing. Because were they saying that they were getting texts from an unknown number that were harassing? And then they put together it was Jen because of the way she spelled because it was it because it was some yeah, word it like was that. because which yeah. I've never seen that spelling before yeah that's a new one to me I use BC BC yeah well that's yeah that's even less letters than because yeah <laughs> um, which makes sense because you're trying to go faster when you type yeah I think essentially this PI that Meredith hired was able to piece together through what, like linguistics or something probably that if this is how she types <laughs> in your chat history with her actual contact number, and it's coming from this other number, yeah, it's probably her. But don't you feel it was weird they weren't going into what the text messages were and, like, when did they start? It just seemed like it kind of came up very, like, haphazardly, like, oh, we were getting this harassing text message. What? Like, that's kind of a big deal, no? I think it was after last season had aired Mm. or, or while it was airing after they had finished filming. I believe. And I know that not only was Meredith getting those, but some of the other women were too. And there are some theories out there. Whitney and Heather talk about it in the after show that at a certain point, it was texts were coming from Jen and Lisa. But Lisa's now the one saying like, I don't, you know, I think it was Jen. I'm not really sure. Whatever. So it is interesting that there could have been multiple parties involved. Wow. I know. One thing that we talked about a few weeks ago was who called Jen. And I had mentioned that some people noticed, they zoomed in, took some screenshots and noticed it was a call from Sharif. Mm -hmm. Jen is now claiming that it wasn't Sharif, it was his assistant. And the assistant was the person who said, come to the hospital. I get a call from Coach Shaw's phone number. So I answer it. I'm like, hey, babe. Okay. Hi, baby. I said that because that was Sharif's number calling me. It wasn't Coach on the other end of the phone. Coach, his GA, his general assistant, was the one that was on the phone. He told me, hey, you need to get Omar and then come to the hospital because, you know, Coach wants you here. I need to go to the house? Okay. And I said, I'm on my way out of town. He's like, I know, that's why I'm calling you. If you haven't left yet, you need to come here. Well, is it possible the assistant was calling on Sharif's phone? Definitely. But the whole hospital thing is still what's confusing. And Jenny talks about it in the after show too, saying like, you can't be lying on a loved one and their health problems. That's just bad karma. So was that information that came through the phone actually about going to the hospital or was it a tip off. She didn't seem to react like someone who got news that her husband was possibly going in for surgery. There was less urgency in her energy and more just straight up nerves. Yeah. Right? Which even so, even if she was tipped off that like they're coming to arrest you, I still feel like there would have been more urgency in her No. Energy. See, I feel like 
that that reaction makes sense to me of just like I don't know what to do right now. Like Like, she had shut down almost. Right. Yeah. But and I guess someone could argue that you would react the same way if you got that news about your husband. I don't know. Right. What do you think about this mystery Uber ride? Yeah. What? I am so confused by that. Okay. Like I don't understand any of it. If Jen was having an affair, it's still weird, right? To stop on the side of the highway. Why wouldn't you just say, I'll get my own Uber? Like, you know, I'm so confused. Are the Ubers even allowed to just drop you off at your not destination? I feel like that's a liability for them. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, there are a lot of theories out there. Is it this other man? Like, what did somebody else pick her up? Who knows? It's clear that Jen is keeping secrets. And everyone feels that way. Everyone feels as though Jen has not been fully transparent with them. Lisa's the one who seems to know more than the others what it could be. I also have to add to the Uber conversation. If I got you an Uber, I wouldn't check the status of it. You would just be like, text me when you get home. Not even. I hate when people do. I hate when people do that. It's so annoying. It's like now I have the onus on me to remember to text you when I get home. Right, which is always like half an hour after you get home. You like wash your face, you brush your teeth. You're like, oh god, I forgot yeah, to text. Exactly. <laughs> but um, that's just a personal thing. Yeah, I just wouldn't check on you. So it's like, why was she checking if not she thought something might have been amiss? I, the whole thing is weird. They're not spelling it out and it's pissing me off. Like, what are you guys trying to say? I know. Well, it's one of those situations where once they finally were able to digest everything that had happened to them that day, they were all together. They sat down, they had some food, a couple drinks. It, it was sort of that they're decompressing and and all of these things are probably starting to just fire off in their minds of things that have never added up. And with the circumstances that they're facing, they're all probably like, wow, maybe things aren't what they seem with Jen and haven't been for a long time. And now that I think about it, stuff's a little weird. I also just can't, the, the theory that Jen is some sort of sugar baby to someone is really crazy to me because wouldn't Sharif notice that all these things are coming into the home and being paid for that like, you know. That aren't coming from his salary. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just put the trust in his wife that whatever she was doing in terms of her professional life was what provided them with this lifestyle. Right. I don't know. When I saw that Jen was getting out of the Uber, I assumed it was just she didn't want me to know who was picking her up. But I never considered that it was something as scandalous as, like, another man. It also feels like we now have too much to deal with. Like, because we're dealing with this crazy Jen stuff and now the Mary stuff. Like, couldn't we have spread it out a little? (laughs) Because now I'm just overwhelmed. I'm also a little split on... Meredith at the moment when it comes to this whole situation because we are dealing with two major storylines now. We got the Jen stuff, we got the Mary stuff. Meredith is all out on Jen. She's like, I don't want anything to do with her. If these things happen, terrible person, whatever. But she seems to feel much differently about these accusations against Mary. And granted, it's only really this one guy that she spoke to at Lisa's event Now Lisa's dancing around the facts until she presents this. He refinanced his house and gave her 300 grand type of thing. But I'm a little confused as to why Meredith is downplaying this idea of religious trauma. And it's so abstract. And what does that even mean? Because that's pretty much Heather's storyline since we've met her is dealing with how being Mormon affected her and still affects her to this day. Yeah, no, I do think it's actually it's absolutely a thing. I think what's abstract maybe about it is it seems like the what's affecting Heather is a religion that says you're no longer worthy of going to heaven basically. Yeah. So with Mary's religion being Pentecostal, I don't know that that's an if that would be as strong of a an element. So maybe that's where the confusion is. Like, how is 
Mary's church causing. Right. Well, Meredith's point is interesting about, well, Angie raised all this money at her fundraiser from this guy who donated a million dollars, whatever it is. What's the difference between Cameron giving Mary $300,000 to her church? In terms of the IRS, there's no difference there, actually. That would be considered a donation. But at a charity fundraising event, people go there with the intention to give money, right? That's why you go. And you are typically in a position where you can do that. And we don't have the full story with Cameron at this point. So the question is, was he coerced into doing that? Right. Because... Obviously, he didn't have three hundred grand to just donate to the church. And did he donate it to the church, or did he give it to Mary? Because right. those are also two very different things, right. especially in the eyes of the IRS. And I find, in general, the whole idea of cult versus not to be much more blurry than other people. Because I don't think that they're like I, I think most churches have that aspect to it. The thing about a cult is there typically is a central figure, right? That is the one leading the cause. And when it becomes that direct line to God type of stuff, like with Gwen Shamblin and the whole thing, you know, with that documentary series, which I can't wait for that to come back, by the way. uh, I think that's the difference. When there becomes one person who is in charge and speaking on behalf of God. There is so much more to unpack with this cult stuff. Right. And we need to hear from Mary. Yeah. Potomac? Yes. Woo! The whole thing was Nikki. (laughs) And she really went in. Yeah. You know, I think that Nikki personally likes Karen and no one else. (laughs) Like, I think she likes everyone, but I think she loves Karen and had no issues with Karen. And in the beginning, when she was going in on Ashley, it says a lot that even Candace came to her defense and being like, well, look, she just had a baby because there has been in the past an issue between Ashley and Candace about mom shaming and all this sort of stuff. So for Nikki to be like, oh, you didn't have a storyline? Like, what are you doing, girl? And for Candace to be like, listen, she had literally just had a baby, so I think she came to work when she needed to but didn't over-deliver because she couldn't. Yeah. But you also have to hear the criticism about you ain't had no storyline this season. Mm. Yeah, and then Nikki sort of went after Giselle in a way that was like, first of all, she doesn't like how she comes after Karen about Karen's age, which, fair. But then she sort of was saying to Giselle, do you think your looks are fading? Do you think your beauty has started fading at all? I could not believe that. My jaw dropped at that question. And here's the thing. You and I, we talk about these women all the time, right? And we go back and forth on how we feel. But this whole reunion, I felt so defensive of everyone, including Giselle and Candace and Ashley, as always. But... The question about Giselle's beauty fading felt unfair. If she has issues with Giselle talking about Karen's age, then why are you going to go and talk about Giselle's looks? And let's be clear, Giselle looks stunning still to this day. Her beauty is not fading, in my opinion. Plus, there was the whole thing about Giselle and Robin being lovers. I mean, Nikki's Twitter algorithm must be very different than mine because I have not seen tweets alleging any of that. Yeah. This always makes me crack up laughing, y'all. Whenever I'm reading the tweets and I see, ask Robin, is she Giselle secret lover? I can't imagine that. That would blow my mind if that were true, by the, the way. The thought had never even occurred to me. I don't know. I mean, then it got really uncomfortable for me at the end with Candace. Oh, like, yes. what was Nikki saying? That she thinks Candace's music is trash? I think she was just, I don't know what that was about. Because obviously Nikki is, what, the best-selling female rap artist of all time. So, of course, she's coming into this with a certain amount of credibility. But... To be knocking Candace for the pretty big successes she's had with 500,000 streams of drive back and 20,000 sales, that's 
those are good numbers in today's day and age when it's a housewife who's releasing music, you know? And I, I did feel very defensive over Candace because I've been raving about her music since the start of the season. And also, Ashley came to Candace's defense and was like, she's a good singer. And Nikki was like, you think she's a good singer? Like, she asked it in a way that's like, Nikki didn't think so. Right. And it's just odd to be so successful and sort of coming after the little guy, so to speak, you know? I know, and it's... But at the same time, Nikki comes after, goes after like a lot of actual famous, successful artists. You yeah, know, like she true. has famously said a lot of things about other artists. She's so, an equal opportunity shader. Yeah, but it, but it is it was weird to see it in this reunion context. Overall, the one thing that I feel like no one touched on that I wanted to be addressed was. Wendy making Eddie change his answer during the couples. What what's that game? I forget the couple. Newlywed yeah. game. Yeah. Because he was gonna put that he was attracted to Mia, and she was like, "What did I say? Change it to NA, not applicable." And it was like th- that to me is like a. We need to dig into that. Why are yes. you? Why do you have? this insecurity or this feeling like, you know, everyone else was playing the game. Why was it a sensitive thing for you? I think Wendy got off a little too easy in this part of the reunion. I think Nikki asked a lot of questions, but somehow we got sidetracked and never really got to answer it. And Wendy is a bit possessive over Eddie. And that's clear in the behavior from the course of the season. And the whole thing about him following booty models on Instagram and then unfollowing them, he should be able to follow whoever he wants on Instagram. Like, we are always going to have an attraction to other people, no matter how committed we are in a relationship. And I think he unfollowed them all because he wanted to avoid further publicity. But sometimes when you take that second step, that gets covered too. You can't escape the blogs. You know, there's always eyes on your social media activity. But I just felt, yeah, I I think Wendy didn't really answer for enough at this part of the reunion. And I don't know, by the end of it, I was kind of like, Wendy's feeling herself a little too much Mm. right now. Mm. And I, I don't think she is able to take a step back and look at her behavior and be like, okay, yeah, maybe I did overreact. Maybe I am a bit possessive. She she seems to think that she is the standard that everyone else on those couches should aspire to. And that's not what everyone else is about. Right. Did you see how the Barb's, Nikki's fan base, really came for Chris? No. On Twitter. Yes. Why? Because oh, he had he had things to say about Nikki's line of questioning. Yeah, which I think is fair. He felt like... He, well, he felt protective. Yeah, which Chris is always going to come to Candace's defense. And Candace, I thought, handled it so well because she even said to him, look, I would feel a type of way, but she did it with everyone. Yeah, and also for Andy to approach Candace after all that he put her through at this reunion to be like, look, that was awesome. You did what you were asked to do. Not everybody would be able to do that. Shout out to Andy yeah. for lifting Candace back up in that moment because I think we all recognized that she was uncomfortable and I think everyone was a little uncomfortable for her, yeah. including Andy. He had a few tequila shots at that point and he was like, oh, this girl, I got yeah. to pat her on the back. Right. <laughs> well, I am only not upset because she's doing it to everybody. Got to give it up to you. That was really hard. And you sang your song. Thank you. And you brought the room down. I appreciate you. That was really good. Are you kidding me? You know what you just did? You shouldn't be. She did something amazing. Everybody cheered for her. Yeah. I watched the whole thing. I saw it. Yes. It's true. It's true. Well, another season of Potomac has come to a close. I know. So sad. Portia's family matters? Yeah. I mean, I have been very curious, I think, along with a lot of people, about how Portia and... Simon, who is Fallon's ex, got together because it seemed very sudden. We got some uh, 
Clarity? Claire, Clarity. So she slid into his DMs and was like, I'm so sorry about the divorce. Do you think she slid into Fallon's DMs? I don't know. Do you I think know. she I wondered said, that same thing. hey, Fallon, you're my friend. How are you doing? Something tells me no. I, <laughs> but maybe she did, and then it was just Simon who wrote back, want to get a drink, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, for me... I know that we talk about how this is his, uh, this would be his fourth marriage. Yeah. For me, it's not really about the number of marriages, the number of divorces, any of that, because relationships rise and fall as anything else. The big thing here is the timeline that I think a lot of people are unclear on, and that includes Dennis. I'm sure that includes Fallon, even though we don't know what she's thinking at this particular time. But even Lauren... And I think what we'll see over the course of this season is Portia's whole family is a little bit questioning this timeline because it's very small. The window of time that all of this has happened from Simon's perspective, from her perspective, is very short. Right. But but Fallon's engaged now, right, too? I think so. Maybe they just all move very quickly. I guess so, yeah. I think it's interesting that Portia didn't want Dennis to bring a date to the party they were having because she was like, and like her reasoning being, look, if it's someone he really cares about, of course he can bring her around, but he can't just be bringing like any old girl he meets. Right. Every other guest you invited is a plus one. And if you're inviting Dennis, he should have the benefit of a plus one. He can bring a homeboy. What's wrong? I don't, I, I, maybe I am completely blind. Yes, you are. By something, and yes, I don't know. Yes, you are. You're blinded by, by some history. What do you mean? It sounds like there's some parts about him you don't trust. No, I don't not trust what he's gonna do. I just feel like he shouldn't bring a date. But she's marrying someone she doesn't, hasn't known that long. I mean, if Dennis really wanted to be messy, he'd bring Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> if he were Kenya, he'd bring Fallon. <laughs> I have to say, I think we have to give major props to Dennis, even though he cheated on Portia, and I do not like that. He is making this co-parenting work despite a sticky situation. Like, he could be very upset at how, at the, the fact that she's moving on. A lot of people, you know, against their better desires can't handle seeing an ex move on. Yeah. And the fact that he's sticking around and he's making this work for PJ is great. I think that's what Portia's always been attracted to in Dennis. I think she's always known who he is and what he may be capable of, but she always felt as though he was going to be a good father to PJ. And that's, at the end of the day, all that matters. Right. You know? I really do see him in a whole new light in this just one episode. I think when we first met Dennis, we were all a little hesitant because they were moving really quickly. And there were things that Candy knew that she was, you know, flagging to Portia. And we all had our reservations about him. But now he's permanently a part of her life. And I think their relationship is kind of interesting. I do think there is something there still, a little spark which there always will be. There'll always be love for each other because they have PJ, but I think there's still a little something there. Mm. Do you feel as though Simon is very prepared to be on reality television? What do you mean by that? It seems like he's almost too good at filming. Mm. I think when we first met Dennis, for example, he was a little bit more reserved, a lot quieter, willing to show up and be on camera and all of that sort of stuff, but... Perhaps not as eager. I don't know. Simon just seems very ready. It's almost like he got a taste last season and was like, I need more of this. Well, it is funny how even amongst housewives, they'll often say they're attracted to people who don't want to be on camera. They find that a good quality, which is funny because they themselves are very much willing to be on TV, you know? So it's an interesting balance there. Definitely. And to that point... We see that Simon is quick to share all these pictures on Instagram that Portia wasn't really comfortable sharing. So I do wonder if 
ultimately, especially as this show continues to air, will there be more tension with how public not just Portia is as a you know star of reality television, but Simon as well. You know, his Instagram follower account is going to go up. There's going to be a lot more eyes on him. Not that there haven't been since all of this came to light, but I do wonder if that will impact the dynamic of their relationship. It's not a Bravo show, but it is a Peacock show, and it's something that I question as I'm watching it. It's Paris's oh. new show about getting married. Yeah. And I just worry, is Carter too interested in being in, on camera? Oh. So it's it's a common thought. That's interesting. I haven't watched. I want to watch it now that you say that because I got the vibe from Carter that he was not interested in the fame because that is something that Paris in her documentary talked very much about in her relationships, that people often just got with her to see what they could get from her. I mean, he's very quick to say he's not there for that. Yeah. And he does have a lot of money that's his, you know, but you can't buy fame. Right. And that's the thing. Yeah. Do you think Portia would have survived another season of Atlanta with this storyline? Oh, my God. (laughs) I just can only imagine. I wish I could have watched this first episode in a room with, like, Nini and Kenya. (laughs) (laughs) And Marlo. Right. (laughs) Rose and Thorn. Yes. Okay, let's do Rose and Thorn. What was your Rose? I feel like maybe it was the same as yours. Yeah, I think we have a joint Rose this week. Right. It was not only Jake and Frazier pretty much skinny dipping on Below Deck, but their makeout session. Yeah. That Heather was full on filming from the seat in front of them, which 100% would have been you. Her behavior and Raina's behavior reminded me exactly of you being like, <laughs> yes, maybe I'm into this. Oh, okay, boys. Like uh-huh. I was going to say, I feel like no one loves a man-on-man makeout more than you and me. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I going to see some... This is great! Maybe I should start watching gay men porn. I did not say that out loud. Mom and dad. There was some bitch behind me. Uh, Okay, joint rose. So uh, what about your thorn? I mean, look, it was easy. My thorn is that Salt Lake City was dark this week. Like, Mm -hmm. how dare they? I know. We, We can't stop now. I need my weekly Lisa Barlow fix. Right. Uh, My thorn, I'm gonna give it to I'm going to give it to Cynthia on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip because I think she is sort of finding problems out of nowhere. Yes. And it's like obviously Ramona is enough to drive anyone mad. But this whole conversation they had on last week's, not this most recent episode, but last week's with the glam stuff and just the way she reacted to Kyle, Kyle. at that other dinner. I was just sort of like, Cynthia, you're bumming me out. Wet blanket energy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Cynthia. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back with an all new episode next week. And remember, watching Bravo isn't a guilty pleasure, it's self care. Let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Daily Dish. And on Twitter at Bravo TV. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish. Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura. And I'm everywhere at Eric J. Mack. That's E-R-I-K. And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group. You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife, ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out. You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com. Bye, guys. Bye. Looking fine, and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery.
Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front-row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.